Welcome to a show to be named later. I'm Stuart Blair, joined alongside Dan Lapidus and Alec Davis. How are you two doing? I've been better. Uh, still, uh, not gonna lie, still reeling from this past weekend. Um, so, uh, so I can't really, really can't comment on much other than that. I'm getting through this week is, is what I'll say. Yeah, uh, I mean, I can't, I can't be nearly as despondent about the, uh, Bears game, although that Javon Wims drop will live rent-free in my head for a time. But, I mean, we backed our way into the playoffs and then backed our way out without much consequence. I will say yeah. the thing that I think gave me the most joy this weekend was a tweet that said, which, which was no offense to, to Lat, but was the Javon Wims drop with the caption, when, Plankton, when Plankton tries to steal the Krabby Patty secret formula. It was probably <laughs> the hardest I laughed at this weekend. Uh, for me, what it was, was the, on that play, they, the Nickelodeon photoshopped Hey Arnold's head over the ball. <laughs> I didn't see that one. Oh, yes. that's so good. Yes. Uh, it's a shame that we didn't get slimes cannons out of that. Literally the only good throw Trubisky had the entire night. Oh man. His two, his two best throws were deep balls to whims. And the only other time we did anything of consequence was when Anthony Miller, in what will hopefully be his last act as a Chicago Bear, decided to punch a New Orleans Saints player who the Bears coaching staff spent like part of practice this week talking about how, hey, this guy plays corner for New Orleans and he has a penchant for taunting people. They did some like 15 minute video tutorial on this and Anthony Miller still went and punched him. You can't fall for that. You can't fall for Isn't that twice. That, that because, game annoyed me. because Wims did the same exact thing to the same exact player three weeks prior. Yeah. And and so like Wims clearly learned his lesson and has actually, to be perfectly honest, he'd never sort of been in that kind of trouble before that incident. He hasn't been in that kind of trouble since. I think he just sort of had a rush of blood to the head in the moment, and it happened, and he paid the price. But Miller was warned, and he went ahead and did it anyway. Also, punching a football helmet's kind of dumb. Seems like it would hurt you more than the other guy. So, wait, wait, I didn't see that they punched him in the helmet. Oh, yeah, he punched him right in the helmet. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Chicago. What are you doing? They, they, the coaches warned them in advance, and they did it anyway. I, I mean, that is a special type of dumb, but still. Here's what the are thing you doing? I don't get. Here's the thing I don't get about punching someone in the helmet because I see ho hockey players do it as well in fights. I know that's a little bit different. Hockey helmets are not nearly as sturdy as football helmets, but you know going into that punch that it's going to hurt. Like, there's absolutely no way you cannot realize what you're getting yourself into. Punching a helmet seems like the least, uh, like, you know, the least productive thing you could possibly do in that situation. Yeah, it was, it was bad. That game was bad. The, the, the entire game was bad from the word around the beat writers is that everyone uh, 
around Hallis Hall is concerned for their jobs, as they should be. Uh, no one has performed up to a level that keeping them ought to be a consideration. So, yeah, it, these are not these are not great times in Chicago. Who's the starting yeah, quarterback? No. Who's the starting quarterback in Chicago for uh, week one of twenty twenty one? Um. So, if Deshaun has his way, maybe I Watson. I was going to say we could <laughs> we could try trading for Deshaun Watson. Ryan Pace has if Ryan Pace is still the GM, he has shown a willingness to spend draft capital to get players of that stature. Cough, Khalil Mack, cough. Uh, and that could be a thing that happens. I'm not entirely sure that that will be a thing that happens. Right now, the only one under contract for next season is Foles. The Bears have to draft more quarterbacks. Like, I was, I was looking at this last night, I think, and not only do the Bears just, like, not have a history of having good quarterback play, they they really don't. The quarterback play for the Bears is bad. But also, they don't give themselves enough chances to succeed by drafting quarterbacks. In the past decade, the Bears have drafted four quarterbacks. Only Mitch Trubisky was taken before the sixth round. Ooh. At no point in the Didn't last they draft... decade... Oh, no. Grossman was in the aughts. Grossman was in the aughts. At no point... In the last decade, except for maybe when Cutler was healthy, but that wasn't all that often, was the Bears quarterback situation such that they couldn't at least spend a second or third round pick on a quarterback and just see what you have. So that's why they end up in this position where every single time they draft a quarterback, it's this franchise defining moment because they only do it like once a decade with any real significance. I mean, to be fair to them, they're not the only team that's kind of been stuck in this loop. True, but I mean, the Bear the Bears have shown over the course of their franchise history that we don't need an amazing quarterback. Right? We we have a history and proven tradition of being able to put together usually good and occasionally world-class defenses. We just need an offense that's going to hold up its end of the bargain. And we haven't we haven't put ourselves in a position to do that. But I also think, you know, you have to adapt to the times. This is a quarterback driven league now more than it has ever been. And I and I get that, you know, going for Trubisky at number 2 was a sign that they recognized that. I think they just chose the wrong guy. I think you need to go back to that well. I think you need to go and realize, hey, we have been a franchise for as long as we have lived, have not been a quarterback-first type of franchise. You need to find that guy. And and if you find I, that guy— I agree. I agree with that. You know, I, I think yeah, the sky's no, the I, limit. I Yeah, that's, that's the other thing is like, if you get a quarterback draft pick right, the entire trajectory of your franchise changes completely overnight. Yeah, like I, it, it is. It is a position that is that important. Yeah, but it's not as simple as just drafting a quarterback top five. Like think of the teams 
in the past five years that have spent that premium draft capital on quarterbacks. And how many of them have actually hit? Uh, Browns. Browns. Uh, uh, Bengals, potentially. Not the jury's out on him. Burrow, but he looks promising. He looked promising, but he just had an ACL injury. Uh, Like, would we put Herbert in that? Disc- I mean, number six, would you put, yeah, like... Herbert. Uh... Again, it's only been a year. Yeah, like... But, I mean, I guess this kind of proves his point. Like, we have to go yeah. to this last year's draft to, to find people. Other than that, like, to find... who have been... Like, obviously, Goff really isn't working. Wentz isn't Wentz. working. Darnold. Mariota. Mariota. Like, who went? Who also went at the top of Mariota's draft class? There was another quarterback that year. Oh, um, you're right. It was somebody else. Obviously, somebody very forgettable, which is not helping. The well, no, oh, but wasn't I, it? I feel like wasn't it should... Winston? It was Jameis Winston. It was right. Winston. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. So the... we now have more quarterbacks in the top. Five not working out than working out. That and the yeah. guys who are working, who we have said are working out, mostly are potential. Baker might be the yeah, only we, we've guy. We've had to qualify that. Baker might be the best in terms of like a finished product, which really goes to show you how this goes. Baker might be the best finished product so far. Yeah, he might be I, the best finished product, but even last oh, year, Josh, if you Josh, were having oh, a discussion. Oh, Josh Allen? Allen. But Allen. Josh Allen was okay. later. Uh, Allen wasn't a top five pick, was he? He was a seven. Okay. He was the seven yeah. pick. The, I, I, would, other, I would expand it to top is, ten. The, the, other, the other problem, at least for the Bears, is that, like, yes, we drafted a guy who is not as talented as the other quarterbacks in that draft class and that will haunt this franchise for a time but mitch trubisky has won more than he's lost in his first full season as a starter he went 12 and 4 and finished third in qbr in the entire nfl like there's there is talent there but they have either been unwilling or unable to build an offense and a game plan around those talents. Mitchell Trubisky is a flawed quarterback who has shown that in the right circumstances, he can win games. The Bears just were, just were unable to create those circumstances often enough. I mean, but there's so many other quarterbacks that are like that. Uh, look at Wentz, uh, which is a whole other big pile of dumb. We'll, we'll get to that probably. I mean, <laughs> I mean, how how could we not get to that? How could we not get to the fact that the Eagles decided to keep the GM that has drafted one Pro Bowler in the past? Really? Oh, how, look how, at Howie look Roseman? at Howie's last four drafts. I because like Howie, Howie well, Roseman, I, you convinced me. I'm gonna go to Wikipedia and look at yeah. Them I'm, I'm, I'm doing I'm drafts. doing this now as well. They're uh, they're Howie on Roseman. the equivalent of Ryan Grigson. There he gets so much like hype because he put together a Super Bowl team. Like at least Pace has drafted off the top of my head. I can count four or five Pro Bowlers. 
but no. like just oh, think about it. How many times really have they bad. used premium draft capital on like a first round pick, first and second round picks on wide receivers? And they've so okay. Da- Dallas bad. Goddard isn't terrible. Avante Maddox isn't awful. Hurts. Miles we'll Sanders. Sanders, Miles Sanders is okay. Is Derek, Derek Barnett. Burnett. Sidney uh, Jones and Rasul Douglas. I remember our um, one-time friend, now enemy, Jack Merlino, always talk about how much they suck. Yeah. Like, uh, and then Wentz. And they yeah. traded up to get Wentz. Yeah, they, and they also in 2018, they didn't have a first-round or third-round pick. What did they trade those to get? Wentz. Was that was that what they had to trade to get Wentz? I'm assuming, yeah. Uh, it, it, it may well have been. Because they were like in the middle of the 2016 draft and they had to go up to number two. I think they made that trade with the Browns. Yeah. I mean, but... Oh, yeah, it was the Browns and Titans and they both traded out of one and two respectively. They traded... They traded the third... Because that was the year after they won the Super Bowl. Traded it to Baltimore... Who used it to select Lamar Jackson? Oh yeah. right! What did what they? Did, tra- what did the Eagles get for that? They must have just traded out of the first round. I guess, but then you don't have a. But then you don't have unless they didn't have three pick, three first round, three picks in the first three rounds. And they were hoping to get a second round pick. Is that how they got Goddard? I, I don't. I'm looking that up now. Oh, this yeah. is yeah, this I is going to be prime. Yeah. I mean, prime uh, podcasting material. Okay, <laughs> looking Philadelphia traded Philadelphia traded the thirty second and one hundred thirty second, so that's a fourth round pick, uh, to Baltimore in exchange for Baltimore's second and fourth and a second in twenty nineteen. That's not yeah. too bad. Yeah, that's yeah. a pretty decent. And trade. if you only and if you don't have thirty two first round grades on your board, then it makes sense to trade out of that spot. Yeah, I mean. The thing is, yes, how he built this team to win a Super Bowl. He had won a Super Bowl. But in three years, he's got it to cap hell. Literally no young talent. And a QB situation that is would be worse in the league if there wasn't another team pissing off their franchise quarterback to where he might want out. Yeah, I, I, I was about to say, you, you asked uh, who I'd rather be. I, this might have been before we started recording. But you asked, uh, would you rather be the Eagles or the Texans? And my first thought was I'd rather be the Texans because at least my franchise quarterback is playing like one. But then I realized they pissed off Deshaun Watson so much that he probably wants out. I mean, they pissed him off in the dumbest way possible. It really was. Well, do you see now that they're trying to backtrack and now interview Enemy? I mean, it's too late. I, if I were Enemy, I would tell them to shove it. I feel the same way. Because, like, this is, like, you clearly don't want me here. And you're clearly just trying to rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic. Unless and... the... Unless the, the thought of head coaching for Deshaun Watson is so intriguing he completely foregoes kind of the idea of as telling them to shove it for the chance to coach to coach Deshaun Watson 
Except yeah, again, it's no guarantee have... that Deshaun Watson's going to be there. I I mean, if Deshaun Watson wants Blimmy there, that's that's what he wants. Uh, but like, why would you take that job instead of saying coaching for Justin Herbert or coaching Justin Fields with the Jets or coaching whoever the Lions pick up or Matt Safford? Because Deshaun Watson are better quarterbacks than all of those guys. I I don't know if I would the the year Herbert had I would put Herbert on the same level as Watson. Uh I will I want to see more. I, I mean also, I agree with you. I think he's going to be there, but Deshaun Watson is a Deshaun Watson has a playoff win under his belt. Okay. Uh Justin Herbert uh, has, we were talking about this earlier. Wins for quarterbacks as a stat of skill is a pointless fucking stat. I don't care. I I, st- yeah. I know it's com- I know it's slightly worthless. I still think it's somewhat of a somewhat of a deal to be made when it comes to postseason. Yeah, and there's not even any. The Texans don't have draft capital. They don't. They have a aging roster with bloated contracts. Like yeah, you have Watson. Who else on that team do you have? Tunsil. Tunsil. So you have a good but not elite left tackle that's getting elite left tackle money because your previous uh, GM coach traded the farm away for him. And also traded away uh, DeAndre Hopkins for peanuts. Yeah, for a aging running back on a massive contract. And then he went and traded another bloated contract for a wide receiver that's also aging. And your best wide receiver is missing the beginning of the season next year. Yeah, both of those both of those franchises are in really bad spots. Like somehow the Bears are turning out to have not been the biggest screw-ups of the 2017 draft. I mean, well, well, we'll see. I mean, we got to see. I mean, there this is definitely not like, it's definitely not a given that Deshaun Watson's going to be traded. I mean, I think no, there's he, a... He won't I think, no, unless but he even, literally threatens retirement. Yes. But, like, a disgruntled franchise quarterback is still going to have a negative impact on your team. That's And that's not a dig at Deshaun Watson, but if, like, he's just not happy coming into work every day, that's going to show up on other people. I mean... I, I, I think it's still going to be better than most than... quarterbacks in the league, though. Yeah, I mean that's that's true. But the, the I the talent around him is clearly not enough to get anywhere. You know what's better than that? Having to choose between the quarterback that you gave a massive extension to and the only young bright spot on your team. Like, yeah, the eagle the Eagles are in uh, are up shit creek without a paddle right now. Yeah, like. How how both these teams manage in one offseason to just absolutely, oh, the Texans. This has been this has been coming for the Eagles for a while though. I mean, it's been coming for the Texans too. It's just, it's just culminated in just one absolute shitstorm. But like, even like, so the year following the Super Bowl for the Eagles, it was pretty obvious that their offensive skill position players were not up to scratch like i think at one point in the 2018 and 19 seasons 
Greg Ward Jr. might have been the best wide receiver on that roster. And he played quarterback in college. Like, the skill positions on both sides of the ball are not in great shape. But here's the difference. Here's the di- for a number of years. Here's the difference, though. Eagles do have draft capital. That is a fair point. Yeah, but and we just th- covered that the GM can't draft for shit. Yeah, I mean, he's getting yeah, a top ten GM- pick this. He's getting a top ten pick this year. You got to go wide receiver again. You're going to get a top three receiver in the class. Now, I, I, there's always the chance that he drafts. He doesn't draft one of those three guys. We can have that discussion when that gets there. That watch watch said, how we draft a quarterback. Because you know, drafting, <laughs> draft, but like having a having a. We just had this conversation with quarterbacks. Having that top ten pick guarantees absolutely nothing. Well, yeah, I mean, no, if, if you're going to say I, that, I mean, that's then, a joke. That last year he extended his quarterback, his franchise quarterback, then drafted another quarterback in the second round, and that might be his best pick. <laughs> I mean, it might be, but I mean, Lap, if you're going to say that you can't guarantee a quarterback in the top 10 or a wide receiver in the top 10, I mean, technically you can't guarantee any top 10 pick. No, you can't, you can. but it, given our previous discussion about Howie Roseman's less than optimal draft record, it seems like that lack of guarantee is particularly pronounced when this guy has already shown a questionable eye for talent. I agree, yeah, but, but he... at least you have the opportunity. You have the opportunity. He has the opportunity, and he also has the opportunity to get Devontae Smith. Will Smith still be on the board at six? Is Smith going to be on the board at four? Because, like, Jags and Jets are taking both quarterbacks. And the The Bengals are going to take Sewell. Yeah, they're going to take Penny Sewell. Oh, I think the—I mean, I think Sewell will be gone before the Bengals grab him. I think— because what it's the Dolphins and the Falcons. Yeah, Falcons are. Oh wait, no, the Dolphins are going to take the Dolphins are going to take Devonte Smith. They have they they have the third pick. Oh, yeah, but they also need a left tackle. So, yes, they okay, do. the the top four the top four picks will go Lawrence Fields, and then some Sewell. combination of Penny Sewell or Devonte Smith at three and or four. I think yeah, the Falcons gonna... can also draft Wilson. Because I think they're starting to realize that Matt Ryan's career is running out of time. I see a world where the Falcons draft Ryan's predecessor. Okay, so uh, we actually we have the uh, draft order wrong. So the Dolphins are at three. The Falcons are at four. Oh. And this mock I'm looking at says they take Jamar Chase out of LSU. Okay. The Bungles at five. The e- okay. This mocks Devonta Smith to the Eagles at six. So yeah, that's not out there. Yeah, okay. Like, yeah. And then like they they may get a seven. generational wide receiver. I mean, even if lap. they don't get Smith, then they're either going to get Chase or Waddle. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, if they don't have to trade picks away to get under the ones contract, which is ooh. I think I they think won't. at this point I've heard a lot of people say now that Peterson's fired I think they're gonna try to keep Wentz. I I do not know how you keep both Hurts and Wentz. I don't either. Unless you trade Hurts. Why That's would you a trade Hurts? Really bad idea. That's a terrible idea. I they like look. Do that. If Hurts is on the market, I'm gonna go call up Chris Ballard and be like, "Yo, 
got like franchise quarterback oh. just laying around here. <laughs> but once again, this goes back to the idea of like we don't know if Jalen Hurts is a franchise quarterback. I rather no, we have. Why not take a shot at Hurts if you're the? Oh Bears no, or the I'm not Colts. saying like why not take a shot at Hurts. I think if oh if if Hurts gets on the trading block, I can probably count fifteen teams who would take a chance on Jalen Hurts, including <laughs> hopefully my own team that I root for. More I mean, on that later. But, I mean, we could transition it, to them right now. <laughs> I mean, so before, uh, before we tr- before we transition to anything, uh, one of the Bears beat writers just tweeted that Pace and Nagy will be back for next year. So, whoa. oh, they are. Bringing I mean, that's Nagy not back. shocking. They're <laughs> one reaction the incredibly shocked. The other reaction zero yeah. percent shocked. I mean, they're late to the quarterback, the, the coaching carousel. And GM. Uh, they have have a fairly decent track record and a decent, uh, like, draft history. And they've been yeah. able to construct the, the, a good the roster. One, the one thing, the one thing just I can't will get a to Pace is that he can draft. Yeah. And he has, especially late-round picks, he has shown a real knack for getting late round picks darnell mooney this year eddie jackson back in 2017 Tariq cohen as well like yeah, he like, has he has some drafting skill he he missed one pick it just happened to be the most important one yeah so like yeah no it makes sense uh I, so the still alec you want to talk about the stillers I mean, I don't want to talk about the Steelers. I feel but, like you have to talk about the Steelers. But I ha- yeah, no, I have to talk about the Steelers. And I, and before we get actually into the offseason, let me say, uh, for uh, if anybody listened to uh, the show last week about how I wanted the Browns to lose in the most agonizing way possible, <laughs> I guess this is karma? <laughs> or, like, I guess anti-karma for me? I guess I no. played myself. Uh, I, it would be karma for you because you bragged about it, which is like a negative thing. I didn't. I I didn't think it was going to happen. I bragged that I wanted it to happen more than anything in the world. <laughs> Big difference. And it, uh, yeah, it did. It, yeah. It, it, a game was lost. I. It has been a while. It has been since Super Bowl forty. 48 since I seen a game get lost on literally the first snap of the play or the first snap of the game I should say uh, I could not enjoy a single second of that game and it was I'll be honest with you like it, it is in the running for like the toughest recency bias here it might be the toughest Steelers loss I've ever endured I mean when is the last time the Steelers have just outright embarrassed themselves in a playoff game I mean, depends on how you feel about the Jacksonville game. I mean, the Jacksonville game started off that way, but they made it competitive. They did make like, it competitive. They almost came back and won that. Uh, the last time, I mean, any time they play the Patriots in, in a playoff game, it's almost never competitive. But, the, but, the, but you always had the defense of you're facing an all-time great dynasty who are just better than you like that just the coaching the quarterback the, the talent was better than you so you yeah. always had that as the defense of that this yeah, well, is just like, a situation where you just a, a a blood rival who has waited for this moment for literally the entirety of their existence 
and you just didn't show up at all. Yeah, at all. Like this, this very well might be the worst like playoff Steelers loss in our lifetime. Yes. Like I can't think of it like one off the top of my head where it's like, yep, this like, is as I, bad. Yeah. No. I mean, we've lost to the Ravens. They've lost to the Broncos. The Tebow the Broncos loss, one's like the te- pretty bad. But once again, they took that game. I mean, that's so terrible because it was Tebow. You took that game into overtime. There was a there was a chance of you winning that game. Oh yeah, yeah. This game was over. Yeah, first fumble snap. You could get into it, and then Ben twisted the knife with that horrible interception. The next yes. offensive snap. Literally, the that's next when it was over. Like, yeah, it was the knife in on fumble and then twist done. It was. Literally as bad as a game could have gone. You were down twenty-eight nothing after the first quarter. I've literally it, it is it was a friend it was a playoff record. No team in NFL history was leading twenty-eight nothing after the first quarter of a playoff game ever. And it happened this past Sunday. It was terrible. Yeah. This is this is a this is a franchise changing loss. It really is. It is not. It should be. You're talking like someone who hasn't lost an embarrassing playoff game. I mean, isn't that what we were just discussing? I know. (laughs) But, like, I'm thinking the Colts had an embarrassing playoff game where they lost to the Patriots after they came back from... They had that big comeback with against the... Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid's first season there. Uh, and then they came back next year and made it to the AFC Championship game. Granted, they had another similarly embarrassing loss. And that one did kind of affect the way the season was going and the franchise went, but they were okay. Like, yeah, you th- think about teams that have had embarrassing losses. Most of them are fine. Uh, I, I think the thing is is that you really need to start looking at what your future looks like. You're currently in, you're, you're going to lose a lot of players, a lot of really talented players, and you still don't really have a backup plan for the future, and your aging quarterback, who pretty much everyone in the media says is done, is going to have the highest cap hit of any player next year. Yeah. Things are not good in Pittsburgh. It might change. I, I I mean, if there's any team that can really weasel their way out of this, it is the Steelers. But this is, you know, obviously this is a better situation than anything that we've talked about in the last segment about those teams. So I understand maybe why you're a little bit tre- trepidatious about my current state of being. Yeah, I mean, so the Steelers have, and for the longest time, uh, have taken the approach of building the best team they can for that year. Yeah. So their their goal is to be the best version of the Steelers we can. So right now they're looking at for 2021. Mm-hmm. That's their goal. They don't really have this very long-term approach that, say, teams that do decide to do a full rebuild, tank, build that high draft picks up, say a la 
the Jags or the Rams or like any teams that have done that recently. They don't do that. And and I think you're so, like, what were you going to say, Lap? I wasn't was going to say too? anything. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. I thought I heard someone say something. So, so like, um, they're going to be competitive next year. And they're either going to have Ben retire, they're going to cut Ben, or they're going to deal with Ben as a quarterback. It's I mean, just, if, if it's between those two, they're going to deal with Ben as a quarterback. I mean, yeah. they're not cutting him. They're not. Yeah, and they're going to replace the players they lost in the draft. Because, look, they're losing a lot of their line. Yes. They're losing a lot of offensive skill players that are easily replaceable. Agreed. Uh, they're losing one of their better off uh, outside linebackers. Yeah. They might but, be losing a lot of defensive back depth. Both yeah. Mike Hilton and Cam Sutton are on are, are free agents, who is their nickel corner and their third cornerback, who has been great. You you can definitely you can definitely say that this team, yes, in all actuality, if you go into next season, you can still look at this team as probably a nine, ten win team. Yes. The question and is they have the franchise tag to play with. They have you can always restructure contracts to kind of defer the cap hit later on via signing bonuses. I guess the question is, do you things. think do you think that nine ten win team with a thirty nine year old quarterback, and this is the question always in Pittsburgh, can they win a Super Bowl? No. No. Can a Steelers team that decides to go full rebuild? So because like if your goal is to instantly get yourself in Super Bowl contention, you're not doing that next year. No. There's you can either try to build a winner and hopefully you catch lightning in a bottle, uh, and say have your defense become elite and Ben rides off into the sunset a la Peyton Manning. Or That's you not decide I decide mean... to suck stick it out with Ben, build a two to three one roster, get a top first, top five pick, draft your quarterback to replace Ben. I, it's just that I think you can make an argument that, once again, I, I, I've possibly been an advocate of, and once again, I don't say this much because I don't think they're going to do this, I, I'm possibly an advocate of cutting Ben just because even though there is a dead cap, you still save $19 million on the cap if you cut Ben. And if you can do everything we're talking about, you can do with Mason Rudolph. Now, this that that has a much lower ceiling. But you can basically look at that situation and say, all right, we'll give Mason Rudolph an opportunity with an offensive coordinator. If he somehow finds lightning in a bottle, great. If he sucks, cool. We'll do the same plan. But if you have that $19 million, then you can maybe go out and sign a Cam Sutton or maybe a Mike Hilton. Or maybe yeah. you can keep a, a, a couple additional guys. I think at this point, you you are seeing the end of Ben Roethlisberger's... You're seeing the end of an era with Ben Roethlisberger whether or not Ben comes back next year. Yeah, this is the this is the same approach that the Cardinals use in baseball, where the window is closing on the Steelers team, but the way they construct rosters is that they construct very high floor, lowest ceiling rosters that will always be competitive. Yes. I, I agree with you. Cut Ben. You can 
use that 19 million to go out there and get a quarterback that's better than Rudolph and probably sign some players to deals. Like Jameis is out there available. Mariota might want to take a flyer on him. He looked decent. Um, I mean, I would rather. I think Trubisky's a free agent. Trubisky's a free agent. Uh, There's quarterbacks out there. Uh, So like that you could do and use. The sky is not falling for Pittsburgh. Yes, they need to rework their offensive coaching staff. They need to start drafting depth for their offensive line. And yeah, they're not going to be competitive for the next couple of years. But the NFL is probably going to keep the seventh seed around. Almost guaranteed, yes. Almost guaranteed. And what's probably going to happen is a scenario that plays off like the NFC, not the AFC where you have 7-11 win teams, but where you have a team like the Bears that are 8-8, eight and eight, not a playoff team, that sneak in. And we've seen it time and time again where that team that sneaks in the playoff pulls one or two wins out. I guess the question is, and this is maybe um, a question of, I think maybe the arrogance when it comes to football in Pittsburgh, is that good enough for the city of Pittsburgh? Do you think, which one do you think the city of Pittsburgh will handle better? A nine win at seventh seed first round exit or a two three win team that's in year one of a three to four year rebuild at this point it's closer than you think i mean in the in the state in the in the current state of when that happens i mean yes they would much rather have the nine ten win team but the turnaround would be quicker I think you're getting to the state now where people in Pittsburgh want to find the next franchise quarterback. And no, I think people it, in Pittsburgh want a winner. They like, yeah, you want to find a new franchise quarterback, but I don't think the city of Pittsburgh will handle tanking. Well, I mean, they will not, but if you do it for one year, you tell them to suck it up for a year and hopefully you get your guy and you move on. But it's not one year. Like, if you're going to go through it as a tank, you... Because, like, if you're going that route, it's gut the roster, try to get two wins, and rebuild it with consecutive first high-round draft picks. I mean, I don't... Well, then, I think you and I have the different definition. I don't think... I mean, I don't think you can get into a situation... I guess you said this, and I didn't really think about it. I don't think there's any capacity where you can be the Steelers and have a, a top-five pick maybe even a top 10 pick just to, because of how good that defense is. And you're not cutting yeah. that defense. You're not trading Minka. You're not trading TJ Watt. You're not trading Devin Bush. So yeah. in that sense, but, but, but my thing is, is that what we just talked about, Mahomes went 10th, Watson went 11th, Ben went 11th. You can find guys in that, te- like, you know, the guy I would want in, in this draft class that, you know, the guy who isn't named Trevor Lawrence is Trey Lance who's probably going to be like the 8th or ninth, maybe 10th pick in the draft. You don't need to be 2-14 and 14 to, get your dra- to get your next franchise quarterback. You need to be in that 6-10, and 7-9 range. And I think the Steelers are capable of that with a Mason Rudolph-led team or even a Mitch Trubisky or, a, or a, you know, an Andy Dalton. I think 
and and I still consider that sl uh, I still consider that a slight tank because you still have to build so the offensive I guess the, line. I guess Go the ahead, thing Black. is, if yeah, no, I was just gonna say, I guess like we've we've talked about tanking quite a bit on this show in various contexts. But I guess if there's a situation in which the opportunity to tank has just like presented itself, it would be this one where you have an obscene number of free agents. You're already what? 20 million over the cap, something like 20 that. Million. Yeah. Yeah. So like if ever there was a time to be like, all right, we're just going to rip the bandaid off and next season might really stink and maybe a year after that isn't going to be so great either but we will be in a better position like if ever there's an opportunity where that thought process is actually rational it's probably here yeah yes i mean most time the decision to tank is a rational decision uh no but at least at least here you can do it without you can do it without, say, engendering the kind of conversation that came up around the U Darvish trade, for instance. Right? I mean, like, there's we, a difference between a salary dump and a change in strategy. That that's true, but I mean, it, it, it's still clearly like a it, it is intentionally making your team worse. Yeah, and so you can you can do that here and say, look. There was just a perfect storm of an aging quarterback and a pandemic screwing up the entire economics of the sports industry. And we have all these players whose deals have run out and it just makes sense because that's where we're at right now. Also, like, yes, the Steelers went 11 and 5, but even when they were 11 and 0, we thought that was a mirage and the previous two seasons have not been impressive. So... Like, I I don't see what building the most competitive team and sending them out there has gotten this franchise in the past couple of years. I mean, unless it's just, you know, having that, that mentality of, you know, kind of going against what the Eagles did, that's an extreme case, but basically telling these guys like, hey, we're not going to give up on you. Now, let me and let me say this. This is the final thing I'll say because I do want to talk about kind of the Colts situation and their quarterback situation, Rivers leaving. The last thing I will say, I think this also uh, embodies what was wrong with the Steelers for a while and why they have such a hard time moving on from Ben. Who are the two, and, and I probably talked about this before, but who are the two best quarterbacks in Steeler history? Ben and Bradshaw. And then, yeah. Who's the third best quarterback in Steeler history? Who led on to the Super Bowl in 95? Neil O'Donnell. Neil O'Donnell. Okay, so your third best quarterback is responsible for a Super Bowl loss where he threw, threw two pick sixes. Yeah, that's like, sounds like Sounds like Grossman. It it really does. You have 20 years of not just above average or average quarterback play, of pretty bad quarterback play. 
And I think because once Bradshaw left, you had that just 20 years of having a great defense, great run game, bad quarterback, or at times average quarterback. And I think they're so afraid of going back to that, that they're trying to squeeze every single ounce of football that is left in Ben. And I don't know. And once again, I don't know if that's the right mentality. But at this point, you have a 38-year-old quarterback who looks like is falling off a cliff. And I don't know if giving him $41 million is the best option for you moving forward if it's at the expense of letting go of certain players to fill Ben's cap space and pushing off a rebuild for another year. And that's kind of my, and that is my two cents on that. I, I, th- I think you're right. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I can't argue with that. So I guess it's time to move on to the other playoff game one of our teams was in. Colts what, and the Bills. What a <laughs> terrible weekend for all of us. None of yeah, our teams really. won. Honestly, though, I, I'm okay with the loss that we had. Well, you had your certainly put up the best season. showing. I mean, we did put up the, the best showing. Arguably the best game of the weekend. The Colts win against Buffalo. I think what? that's pretty much fact. I think I think you yeah. like objectively had the best game. Yeah, best game of the weekend. Uh, the Colts went into Buffalo, played the hottest team in the NFL, had all the opportunities to win it, but didn't, and. If they just executed or Trey didn't jump offside, they win. Uh, I'm going to be the weird person that says all of Reich's decisions except the two first quarter punts and the challenge were correct. Uh, but yeah, it was a fun game. It was a fun game, and I think I think you're right about Reich's coaching decisions. I saw on Twitter after the game that uh, the narrative seemed to coalesce around some really cheap and not very nuanced or well thought out dunking on analytics, which I mean, I, I get it. Analytics is an easy thing to dunk on, but you can make the right call and have your team just not execute. And that's, that's not on Reich. So, just kind of to do a brief explainer of why you say go for it on fourth and four, is that the expected points outcome there is much greater because the percentage you make a field goal isn't fit, isn't one hundred percent. So your expected points are never going to be above three. Period. They're never going to be three. They're probably going to be somewhere like two point eight, two point nine. Getting the touchdown there, it's not a guarantee, but it's very close to 50-50. So, Which six, puts the expected points at about three, three and a half. Three and a half, whatever it may be. So you go for the touchdown there. If they make the touchdown, Rivers has the only bad throw he had of the day. Like, the only bad throw. <laughs> uh, where he just slightly does it better. Pittman catches that. They win. We don't talk about that decision. The Bills just flat out executed. Yep. Uh, and then the other yep. ones were going for two. Same thing happens. Going from two from the one yard line is actually greater because the chance you hit a convert on a 
two-point conversion is roughly 50-50. So over the course of the time, you're more likely going to get more points because it works out to 50-50, two divided yeah, by after, 50. After yeah. the penalty uh, on that point, because they were they were originally lined up to kick an extra point. Yeah, you got to kick an extra point. a penalty. Yeah, on a one-yard line. So at, th- at that point, yeah, you're it, it's at the... It's at the one yard line, and if you convert, you get another point, th- or than what you would get just kicking a kicking an extra point. One uh, Colts Colts adjacent aside is uh, completely non sequitur, but former Colts coach Chuck Pagano has retired. So really, we can no, lo- we can no longer have uh, Pagano uh, commiserating Stewart. Oh, I mean, he's a good guy, uh, just a horrible coach. Yeah, I, I assume he retired so that uh, Nagy could not fire him. But yeah, no more no more Chuck Pagano commiseration. We just get to reflect on the past damage done. He's a good guy, just a bad coach. God awful at yep. making a game plan. But yeah, so like the Reich's decision, Reich made decisions that were correct. Don't challenge. You keep that timeout. You have the middle of the field. Don't punt from your opponent's 40. Uh, which still isn't even the worst punt of the day. Yeah, the or surrender the index had a field day this weekend. Uh, the surrender index was absolutely out of control. The well, had didn't two... we see the most cowardly punt this weekend, like in NFL history? Yeah. Since yes. they've been measuring these things? Yeah, Mike Vabrell's punt from the opponent's 38 down a score in the fourth quarter. How? That's do a fifty-five that? yard field goal. Like, just try it. Also, Mike Tomlin punted at on fourth and one, uh, at their own forty, in the fourth quarter. Down multiple down 12. scores. Down yeah. twelve. Also, yeah. a very very bad decision. But I'm Don't. done talking about that game. Yeah. Uh, and now you wanted to talk about the Colts QB situation. I did, uh, because I think you are, like, uh, in, out of all of the teams we have talked about today, all of them, including the aforementioned Texans and Eagles, the Colts are in the best situation of anybody. You just, like, you, you got the cap space. You've got, I think, all of the pieces on both defense. You might need a couple more offensive pieces. You are just really need, I think you have the potential of going out there and trying to find like a very legit quarterback who that guy is. I don't know, but I think that you, the, the roster construction there. So there was a wrench thrown into it today where Anthony Consanto, the left tackle retired. Oh, so the, that's the biggest hole. Uh, there's talks of moving Quentin Nelson over to left tackle. Uh, which he's done successfully. He did it in the OE Raiders game and did it fairly successfully, which kind of lessens the need for it because uh, you could kind of rearrange things. You may also be able to move Brandon Smith, the right tackle, over to left. So there's internal but options you, I mean, that work. So you, but you'd probably want to go draft a lineman at that point. Even not yeah, you want to go draft a lineman. Maybe, but yeah. I mean, but they have the cap space. Go get Dak. Go get Dak. Go get Dak. As simple as if, that. Uh, <laughs> if the Colts sign Dak, we have to have Luke on. I, I think Luke would be beside himself. 
that's kind of the point. But I like, haven't, ha- I have, I haven't heard Luke be beside himself in a while. I'm kind of uh, going through withdrawal. For those yeah. listening, Luke Olander, our dear friend, is a Dallas Cowboy fan who loves Dak Prescott and hates the and Stuart, Stuart and I's former roommate. Yeah. And, oh, that's right. Why do I always forget that you all live together? Because that because house. We all try to forget Ward Street. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? You mean the house that had the bathroom wall cave in, and that was not the weirdest thing to happen? The zombie apocalypse two by four keeping the back door sealed. Oh, the the plywood propped up against the opposing wall to keep the basement door closed. Uh, we haven't even gotten to the neighbors. My, the drywall and the ceiling. Oh, the neighbors. Oh, I I really hope that that guy found some dick pills. <laughs> I forgot about that. For those for those listening at home. <laughs> For those for those listening at home, the first night I ever spent in this house, um, I was sitting on the porch drinking a beer, as you do. It was like late summer. I was dropping off some stuff before going on study abroad. One of my neighbors was doing much the same thing, sitting on his porch across the street, also drinking some kind of adult beverage. And he started screaming about how he needed Viagra for the entire neighborhood to hear. Oh. <laughs> The joys of living past the boulevard. There is a, we should one day just do, have a podcast where we just break down what it was like to live off of Pitt's campus and what that entails. Because, oh boy. I think think we all have stories. There's a lot to unpack there. But let's just throw, there's a lot to unpack there. Let's just throw away the whole suitcase. Yeah, we can, uh, we'll we'll do that in the, uh, like, late night edition of a show to be named later. (laughs) Show to be named later. After dark. After dark. dark. (laughs) A show to be named later. Later. (laughs) Ooh. Ooh. When we, uh, move over to podcasting full time. (laughs) Oh, if, if only, Stu. If only. Ooh, ooh, that's her dream. Come on, Audible. Well, Come yeah, on. we're all we're all we're all white dudes in our twenties. Of course, our dream is to be podcasting on a regular basis. We can only so desire, but <laughs> yeah, the Colts football's yeah. fun. Ward Street, Passive Boulevard off Pitts Campus, freaking weird. <laughs> Strange. I was on Ward Street before the Boulevard. Less weird. Oh, the weirdest thing is like half our friend group lived past the boulevard, which is rare. Uh, I lived for two years. I lived in North Oakland, which is literally on the polar opposite side of Pitts campus. Yeah. North Oakland was also strange because like you had the watchdog. Uh, For those of you who don't know, the watchdog is this really charming homeless guy who gives North Oakland about all the character that it has. Um, That, That is the best way to describe him. Let's see. The The only other nice part about North Oakland is little nippers. And my judgment might be clouded by the fact that the guy I lived with was an asshole. But, you know, that that is what it is. Little nippers, for those listening at home, was a pizza joint. <laughs> I assume it still is a pizza joint. It, it probably still is. <laughs> Who knows? They, ne- they, they never had, they never had uh, 
any indoor dining anyway, so COVID probably oh, hasn't good. actually affected them that much. Probably not. I lived right next door. My junior year, I lived right next door to, to, to Little Nippers. And let me tell you, the dangers of living right next door to a pizza place. Unreal. Oh, yeah. Oh. But with that, I think it's going to bring us to the end of this episode. Uh, we, we didn't talk about the Colts enough. We didn't talk about the what else do we have about talk about the Colts? I mean, <laughs> I, they your, need a quarterback. Your entire, your entire premise of the Colts is sign Dak. Yeah, that's it. Just just sign Dak. If you can't sign Dak, trade for Watson. If you can't trade for Watson, trade for Stafford. If you can't trade for Stafford, just resign Rivers and do it again next year. Like, is, like, is Rivers the first for pick sure going to play next year? It, Rivers, I think, will come back if the Colts want him to come back. Okay, because I I heard that he might just ride off into the uh, into the sunset with his brood. Yeah, I mean, like, look, the Colts are Ballard has shown a history where he's going to draft prioritize the trenches, so he's going to spend the, the first round pick on a left tackle or a left guard and move Nelson to left tackle, and. He might spend, might trade, use the second round pick, but probably won't. He'll probably use it on a wide receiver or an offensive skill player. And they will build a solid team and punt the quarterback question down the road unless they sign Dak, which means hashtag sign Dak. Hashtag sign Dak.